my toxic trait is that I watch The Bachelorette. Hey everyone, welcome to Spillin' TV, the podcast. I'm Tyler, and on this episode, I am concluding my spooky season series. Um, this time it is a lot less structured, which, um, I guess all the other times were also unstructured, but this time it's kind of just like tropes that occur in these horror series, and I guess horror as a genre for the most part, and some of them I enjoy, some of them I don't, and I'm just gonna get into it with no rhyme, no reason, just vibes, so, um... First up, I guess, I just, I have a note, so I'm kind of just looking at the bullet point. First up is the camera angles. So, in, I don't even remember what I was watching that provoked me to write this note, but there's always these, like, camera angles that are, like, from under, and so you're, like, looking up at the person and kind of, like, zooming in at this, like, I don't know, this, like, weird angle, and I'm like, why do we have to be looking up at you for this to be horror? You know, it feels kind of like, you remember those, <laughs> who are you? You remember those, like, 90s, I don't even know if it's 90s, but, like, those music videos before, where it's, like, the camera was, like, literally on the floor. I'm pretty sure there's, like, a Michael Jackson or, like, a Janet Jackson or a combo video where it's kind of just, like, pointed up at you. And, like, everything is happening above you. And I don't know what emotions are supposed to be evoked with this. Like, there's these angles. But, I don't know. I'm not the hugest fan. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like we could do more. I don't need to be up under them watching the sweat drip to know that they're nervous or that something else is going on and approaching them. And similar with the camera angles, there are these uncomfortable zooms that happen. And it's like, sometimes they zoom super slow. And it, I guess maybe it is to evoke a feeling of discomfort within the viewing, but I don't like it. (laughs) Um, And then even, okay, this is not TV, but yesterday I was watching that new movie on Hulu, Bad Hair. And I'm not going to get into the feelings that I have about that movie. Honestly, I think maybe I'm not um, intellectual enough to really appreciate satire for whatever it's worth. But in this movie, there was a, like a like a panning scene, which also does happen in like other horror things, where the camera moves in like a circular motion. You go like around the room or like around a person's like view. But it just makes, it makes me dizzy and it's not a feeling or a sensation I appreciate. I have my own issues like dizziness and the room spinning or myself spinning and like vertigo and all the other like ridiculousness, which feels so fake to say, but like literally there's a movie, Insidious, I think. I think the intro of the first Insidious with the like, the music that's like grating to your ears and like unpleasant to hear, which like that's all fine and dandy. But the screen spins in a way that I literally had to close my eyes because, like, I cannot take the spinning. And I also had to close my eyes watching the movie Bad Hair because I couldn't take the spinning around the room. It was just making me unsteady. And there's another movie, which is not a horror movie at all. And I feel like no one really talks about this movie anymore, but Project X, uh, that movie about the house party that was just wild and ridiculous uh, that movie was like shot kind of first person where it was like. I don't know, like, one of the friends was recording the whole thing, and it's, like, you just see his, like, handheld camera the whole time. So it, like, bounces, and it's unsteady, and it spins. And I got sick watching that movie. I felt ill. So I've never seen it again. I saw it in theaters once, and we had to sneak in because it was R-rated, and it wasn't 17 at the time. But 
whatever. I mean, I don't, we paid to see some movie, just wasn't Project X, but, um, oh, I was so ill after watching it that I was like, that's the karma right there. That was, that's the instant karma of me watching this movie when I'm not supposed to. So, cameras, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Next. Mental illness. The way the mental illness is portrayed in horror, I hate that that I hate that yep and it and it's like it's like a like a one-two punch of like mental illness and then like like learning disability type situation um it's just I hate the way that they do this oftentimes they'll portray like people with like dissociative identity disorder and then just make them these uh make them essentially like make one of the personalities essentially be like a monster that is like committing these crimes and doing all these other doing all these um crime doing bad stuff doing the murders right and like specifically i think of split which i guess i don't know if it's, maybe it's a thriller or sus- suspense or something but i the the the, the guy I don't even remember who the real dude was, but the guy who had all the personalities and trapped the kids in the basement or whatever, and one of those personalities was a, like, legitimate monster with, like, super strength and all this other stuff, and it's just, I don't know, it feels cheap, it feels unearned, and it feels gross and ableist, because why are we portraying people with, like, mental illness as the monsters, essentially, and they'll do it in a way where it's, like, in Split specifically, which it doesn't have anything to do with television, but I mean they also in Ratchet. Um, ooh, Sophie Okonedo. Okay, I don't remember her actual. I'm Sophie. I'm pretty sure is her first name, but the last name is is escaping me. But the person she played had DID, and I guess spoiler alert to Ratchet, her character like ends up killing someone else. Um ends up killing this is completely spoiler if you haven't seen ratchet i guess skip ahead the whatever you can um probably 30 seconds um but she ends up killing like the doctor man and then at some point ends up assuming his identity as one of her personalities it's kind of just like she's forgiven for the crime because she wasn't her because if she was someone else in the moment and i don't know it just doesn't i don't like it I don't like it. Um, I don't have the word. I don't have the words. I don't have the knowledge. Maybe it's not my place to to not like this. Oh, I don't necessarily know that that I'm offended because I mean I don't have dissociative identity disorder, so no, this isn't targeting a people that I belong to. But I still don't like it. It just doesn't it doesn't feel earned. It doesn't feel like there can ever be closure with a storyline like that. And because how are we gonna close it? Like this person has a mental illness. Like and then what? Like what is the outcome because if this person was someone else when they did it who who gets punished for the crime i don't know and i don't know that it's ever been dealt with in a way that actually deals with anything because then in split if you haven't seen split i guess this is spoilers for split but the man kidnaps all the people or whatever and then next thing you know like you think that and i'm using this not i'm using i'm using this I'm gonna say the word crazy, but I'm using it in the in in the way that the movie is like de- depicting this whole thing. You think that this man is like crazy or just whatever because one of his personalities is this like basically monster with like these super abilities, like strong enough to like lift a train or like bust through a wall or whatever, or Kool Aid Man through a room. But you think that it's 
impossible. But then when you get to, I guess, like, the closing scene of the movie, you see this man and he, like, rips through something. And I don't remember it, honestly. But then it was, like, these super abilities were real. And it's, like, are they real in this universe or are they real because... The human brain is like fascinating and if you believe certain things and your body can achieve these things that seem to be beyond the laws of physics and whatever because it's like I've done zero research about any of the things that I'm saying but I heard one time that like babies are super strong because they haven't learned to be afraid of their own strength or to be afraid of what of what harm they might cause by using their bodies in certain ways and I don't know if it's true or not but then like you hear the things about um adrenaline and then like if a mom has to like save her kids she can lift a car up and it's like okay so is I mean I guess like I believe like that like as a theory but then is like the working theory that humans have the ability to do these things or lift these things or break through these walls or whatever but what's preventing us from doing so is our brain telling us that there could be an adverse reaction to whatever we do I don't know I think I got derailed and lost my whole train of thought the moral of the story is when you make us have, or make us, or make people have like monsters in their heads that turn out to be monsters out loud or like in real life, it's like it's just too much and it doesn't feel fair to the story or to the audience, in my opinion. And definitely not to the people in the story because it's like speaking of finally a TV show, um, like American Horror Story Asylum, there were there were legitimate aliens, except people ended up or Kit, I think his name was Kit, whoever Evan Peters played that season ends up in the asylum, I think, because of the whole alien issue. But the aliens were real and not just in his head and that just didn't feel fair. Cause it's like I don't know. Maybe that was the plot. I don't remember Asylum that well because I don't remember. I didn't enjoy it that much. But it's like maybe the whole plot was just a government scheme to like lock you up if you know too much. But I don't think that was actually the vibe because these nuns were well, the nuns aren't the government. So like what was really going on? I don't know. But I just feel like mental illness is a cheap um, ploy for horror in general and specific and especially when they have people with learning disabilities or like severe cognitive disabilities be the um the scapegoats or the puppets of these people who are manipulating them like specifically in Nosferatu the tv show you know NOS 4A2 I don't remember his name anymore but like they have the guy who definitely like clearly had a cognitive disability he's working as a janitor in high school whatever and he's writing in a Christmas land he's like I want to go to Christmas land and all this other stuff it's like okay whatever but he's like committing like murder. I'm gonna say crime, just like you know, there's levels to crime. No, he's straight up offing people and like reasoning with it because he thinks that it'll get grant him access to Christmas land because he's being manipulated and it just doesn't seem fair. Um, it doesn't seem right, and I don't really like the story that it's telling. Like I did kind of like Nosferatu, like in general as a show, I enjoyed it and I was kind of like rooting for people, or whatever. But the thing that I found to be the worst part of it was his storyline. And then also, this is spoilers for Nosferatu, but the backstory that they gave him of having a tough home life and his father being abusive and like calling him names and stuff because of his cognitive disability um, and his mother really just letting it like slide and then just like giving him cookies to make him feel better. And then that resulting in, oh my God. Oh, it's so dark and like certain things. Yes, I've cut my own self off remembering the plot of no uh or the plot of this like episode, his backstory. 
certain things are just so dark and I don't know if we need it to be that dark for it to be like a horror thing like I don't know if we need all of our like I don't know triggers to be triggered in order for it to be horror so they have this guy and again this is spoilers and I guess this also could be like a trigger warning but the dude like kills his dad with like a nail gun to the head or whatever and then his mom comes in and he uh sexually assaults his mother and then murders her and it's like i don't really know how accountable he was held for those actions because then he works in a high school as a janitor so i don't really know if he like covered up that whole backstory or what came of it because they didn't actually talk about it and i was curious to see what happened with that but it's like do we just wash that away because cognitive disability or not i do believe that there is a way to to know right from wrong and i mean like just killing someone's wrong um especially when it's not an act of self-defense and it was not in his case um the, the father was uh verbally abusive to him and i think also physically in a sense but I don't know. It was just super messed up. And I don't like that they did that. So I don't like when they use mental illness as a plot point in horror shows or in horror movies in general. It just doesn't feel fair. Let's make something else horrific. Because then it's like our... Because then the certain things are kind of like towing the line of what's true or and what's not. Like what's in your head and what's a- actually a thing. Which I think was one of the... um. Uh, of the show Evil that I mentioned in the in the, in the previous episode, um, that was kind of one of the things with that. Like, are the demons real or are the demons people? Like, are the demons like psychopaths or sociopaths or are they like actual like demons? You know, brought up from from Satan or whatever, and then trying to toe the line between what's actually demonic and what's people being bad. And I don't know, just, I don't, maybe this might just be like a personal preference or whatever, but I want it to be one thing. I don't want it to be both. I want it to be that people are evil or I want it to be that demons are walking among us. I don't want both to be happening at the same time and to be crossing paths with one another because sure the demons can be like real whatever in story and like also people can have like evil tendencies, but I don't want those paths to cross. I want it to be, I want it to be black and white. And in a world where I do think that there's a bunch of gray and that nothing truly is black or white, in my horror, I want it to be that. I want it to either all be in this person's head and this to be a manifestation of their, I don't know, anxiety or depression or whatever they're going through. Or I want the monsters to be real. I don't want it to be like, at the end of the day, people are the real monsters and whatever. Because like, we know it already. Show me something else. Show me it where it's not real. Show me Franklin. Show me Frankenstein's monster. Show me like Dracula. Show me some vampires. Show me something that isn't just humanity is doomed and bad because that's the truth every day. I don't. I'm I'm escaping when I'm watching these things. So mental illness and horror. It's somehow got me to that point. Um, one thing I do like, which is a trope in so many horror things, is creepy kids. Um, kids are such a present. Uh, facet of horror and I don't mean like teenagers uh because at that point they're not as creepy and they're probably the ones being killed 
you don't really um one thing i guess it's appreciated or whatever just like like a thing or general a general rule you don't show the violence against children on screen you more so just allude to it um in Nosferatu, that was the case. In okay, this isn't really a horror show, but it's kind of like I don't know, like a sci-fi or whatever, kind of dystopian. Even though the show is literally called Utopia, um, so I was watching a show called Utopia, and there was so so much violence, like fighting, popping out eyeballs with spoons, like obviously death and people getting shot or whatever but there was also some violence against children but it wasn't like shown like it was and because i think that's like where people like morally draw the line and and it's with like these innocent beings which are children being like murdered right and that was a case in this show but they didn't show it it's kind of like you see a person grappling with the fact that they're about to like and this is bad i don't know uh, grappling with the fact that you're about to, like, kill a kid, and so you don't see it happen, you, like, see the kid, you see the person, you see the fear, you cut away, and I think you hear the gunshot, maybe, I don't actually remember, but then you know what has happened, um, and that's, like, a very severe case of it, but you don't generally show, like, straight-up children, however, when you get to be a teen, they don't consider you a kid anymore in horror, and they will... <laughs> like show the most gruesome murder of you they will decapitate you on screen they will rip out your organs and intestines like as soon as you hit like 15 you are fair game to be dismembered on screen um with anything younger it's crossing the line so when i say creepy kids i mean the smaller children that are like um probably like six to ten maybe anything older it gets a little weird and they're less creepy and more like are you doing the crimes you know like when you hit 12 it's kind of like did you kill your family sinister um even though i think those kids in sinister were actually kind of probably younger especially the ones that make it out of it which is a movie series that i talked about liking before where it's like the person gets into the minds of the kids and ends up getting them killed their whole family and then like walking off into the distance with the boogeyman um but creepy kids i think it's a fun a fun thing that occurs right the kid is always attuned to the spirit in the home or whatever is going on and like the parents aren't listening but then the kid is like having i don't know tea parties with ghosts but no one is caring and just letting whatever go on. I feel like it has happened in like paranormal activity. It definitely was the case in the haunting of Hill House with like little Nell. She was like seeing the bent neck lady all over the place and like saying all this stuff and no one was listening to her. She was like pretty creepy. Same thing with Bly Manor. Little Peppa Pig. I don't know. What was her name? Charlotte? Was it Charlotte? Um, <laughs> look, little perfectly splendid was creepy so was um the the guy miles so was little miles who was in uh, spoilers for blind manor again inhabited by peter right he was creepy even before the 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 possession right when he killed the little bird at boarding church school <laughs> church school's not right it might be catholic look at boarding religious school you know what i mean killing birds and there's a, a priest or someone of that nature oh Wow, my ignorance is showing. Um, but creepy, but they really draw you in. You're kind of like, ooh, what's this creepy kid going to be about? You know, the shining, the, the, the twins, 
they were important. I don't think I like The Shining that much. I don't understand the hype. Maybe I should watch it again and figure out if I care about Here's Johnny. I don't. Uh, Red Rum, I don't care. <laughs> um, Shining was not, not that girl for me. But, I don't know, I like the creepy kids trope. <laughs> like, especially, like, if you get a couple of pale, uh, pale eight-year-old girls with, like, probably give them, like, two braids or whatever and have them sing, like, Ring Around the Rosy, but, like, in that, in that one voice where it's, like, you know, you know, where it's like airy. That's horrifying. That right there is scary enough. If I ever see a couple of twins specifically in their pale, I'm no, no is the answer. I'm turning around. I can't deal with it because they're obviously up to no good. They might be inhabited by something else. I don't have time to um, deal with those issues, right? We're just going to run and evacuate the situation. And honestly, it's not just pale kids, because like I mentioned, in Lovecraft Country, those little, they were, I think they were like twins with like the red lips, like the Joker smile situation going on, and the little red ribbons in their hair. They were terrifying, so little kids, super creepy, but I love it, and horror. Like, it makes me a little uneasy, and it kind of like unsettles me, and I appreciate that, because not a lot of stuff is gonna really scare me in a horror movie, because like at the end of the day, I know it's a movie, and the only things that will really mess me up are the things that I feel like can genuinely happen. Like, Strangers kind of messed me up, because it's like, ooh, because you were home, that is horrifying. Right? So, yeah. I also learned from Bly Manor that if you give the creepy kids an accent, they are ten times more creepy. Um, and yes, I am saying this, obviously, as an American, and I have <laughs> was just having a conversation about accents, because I personally, I'm from the Midwest, because I'm from Chicago, but I feel like people from Chicago don't have the typical Midwestern accent, uh... And so when I say accent, I guess I am specifically speaking of like, like a, like a British accent or, you know, from over yonder overseas and not so much like, not kids with like a Southern accent. I think that, I think I might laugh at that. That might not be that creepy, but yeah. So creepy kids and kids with accents, tropes that I'm enjoying. Um, I also see that I have a note here about teens. And I think that it was kind of about what I was talking about, where, like, they show, like, gruesome teen murders all the time, uh, because it's super messed up, but I don't think people care as much, uh, I don't know, but, like, Scream, like, it's, like, targeting high schoolers, the show, and also the movie, I think, I I maybe I should do, like, a quadruple feature of of Scream, um, (laughs) and I'm laughing because... Oh god, I just released like a Rona remix and in it I said let's just watch Scream. So maybe I was talking to myself on that. But they kill a bunch of high schoolers and they do it in a in a gruesome way. And then like in many horror movies specifically, like especially like all the slashers, they're usually high sc- a lot of slashers at least are like high school age or like like late teens, early twenties, like this young this this youngness feeling like maybe we need a geriatric we need a geriatric horror something I feel like that could be super interesting you know um, there was a um a bug and it flew towards me um like we need like a geriatric horror movie i'm just feeling it like hmm, maybe that could be fun 
fun in the sun or maybe disturbing. I don't know how you feel about uh, violence against old people being displayed. You should learn. So, teens... And oh, and then we get when we get to like teens, we start to get into like the final the final girl trope, which Scream specific Scream the series, which I've mentioned, and I don't want to give too much airtime to or whatever. But that show definitely um, dealt with tropes in a way that it was poking fun at the tropes and like was self aware about tropes, and then there's like using terms like final girl, like you know when like a show is too self-aware or like brings in too much from society or like the internet culture or whatever like Riverdale when like someone in Riverdale Veronica says Archie we're in game or Reggie's like we're in game whatever when someone says like that on like a show and it kind of takes you out of it Scream was doing that but not in a way to take you out of it like they were doing it on purpose as like I don't know as a way to draw you in and make you a part of the mystery maybe but they would use terms like final girl and like oh you're not a final girl she's totally a final girl and all this other stuff you know the final girl is the last usually girl left standing at the end of it and you already when the show gets set up you can tell who it's going to be it's the one that you aren't aren't expecting to like if you're just looking at a list of credentials, it's not the one that you would expect to, like, make it through the whole thing. But it's, like, the one that's the most innocent, the one that you're kind of rooting for, the one who's, like, smart enough but not too smart, the one who's cute enough but obviously not, like, sleeping with anyone within the movie because that's when you die. Like, <laughs> that's just when you die, right? No one has time for that. Um, and the serial killers use that as an opportunity to strike and just slash you off. So it's it's, like... The girl next door is generally your final girl. Uh, usually not blonde. Normally a brunette with a troubled past. Um, and that's like the case in like most movies, right? In Split, you could tell immediately who was going to be the final, final girl. Which, I don't even know why I'm talking about that movie so much. I saw it once. But I was having all these thoughts when I was watching it. Um, you just, you can just tell. They're not going to be the blonde. They're going to be brunette. And they're going to have a troubled past. Uh... I'm thinking like, so I don't remember Jamie Lee Curtis in Scream, but she might have, I don't mean Scream, I mean Halloween. She might have been blonde and she's like, she might be like the first final or look, she changed the game for final girls. I don't know if she was first, but she set, she did something, but I think that she was blonde and it kind of circumvents what I was just saying because most of them are not blonde. They're usually brunette and that's because most people do the whole blonde stereotypes where they're dumb or they're promiscuous and all this other stuff and so they just kill them or get dye your hair like what show is that the american horror story 1984 emma roberts character is like brunette um instead of like her being blonde and like basically everything else and that was to kind of i think set her up to to last even though i don't remember the finale so i guess it's not really a spoiler because i don't remember if she lasted or not because 1984 wasn't that great. It wasn't horrible, but it was pretty much whatever. Um, but yeah, Final Girls. Uh, oh, <laughs> these last two points are points I've already talked about. So I guess those are all of the points that I have. Um, I feel like I did see something recently. I started watching. I started watching Hellstrom, but I don't really have too much to say about it. Oh, I remember one thing though demons the way that demons are portrayed 
hilarious um like okay it's not like it's like messed up and whatever but like demons in possession those some of those moments are the moments that really take me out of the the horror of it because they have them do their movements are always so hilarious like one in evil where they show the demon when she's like asleep and he goes and pees in a corner i couldn't help but laugh and then also recently with Hellstrom, which is a Hulu original, yeah, it's a Hulu original series. Apparently, I think it's it's a Marvel property, but it's not in the MCU. And um, it's like these siblings and their father was a serial killer who also may or may not have been possessed by something. And then like put a curse on their mother who basically became a shell of a human just housing a demon for like 20 years. But then these kids also have these like abilities to like i don't know draw the demons out of the people or like suck the energy from people i don't know um i don't know but in one of the scenes the the mom who has been cursed by this demon whatever it's just like running around the walls like horrors like horizontal like her feet are on the walls she's uh parallel to the ground and she's like running around this thing and i could not help but laugh it's just Sometimes those moments really, like, take you out of it and then, like, make you reflect. And, like, that's, I think, those are the moments that gave me peace when I was younger. Uh, and, like, watching horror movies to make me not be afraid of them because these moments were, like, obvious, like clearly ridiculous. And they'll kind of remove you from being, like, afraid of whatever was going on. And I think that's maybe how I found my solace. And, like, now I'm truly, I'm just laughing. It's all jokes. Like, I was talking to a friend yesterday about horror and then she's like I think the horror is hard because there's so many bad horror movies and yes I agree that there are a lot of bad horror movies um but I also think that sometimes we watch them with the wrong lens and I don't know what the right lens to watch them is granted I look at them like they're comedies because it's jokes I go into it assuming that there's jokes and then when it's not I'm like I think you took yourself too seriously and didn't really pay off pay off with it um I don't Again, this is not TV, but um, Hereditary was a movie that had such, like, people said so many things about it being like, oh, Hereditary is terrifying or all this other stuff. And if you haven't seen Hereditary, I mean, you can watch it, whatever. I don't think that's scary. I laughed at an inappropriate moment, of course, um, but um, still thinking back on it, it was hilarious. But it wasn't horrifying. I don't, I, at no point, I was, this whole time, I've like built up, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be scared, right? My mom is like, oh, it was scary. Or I don't, I said something about it being scary. And I was like, oh, if my mom says it, then it must be true. So I'm sitting there, like lights off, everything. I, I, I wait, it's like 11 p.m. The lights are off. I'm watching it I'm by myself, right? I'm setting the scene. No, it didn't. I wasn't, at no point was I scared. Um, I laughed a few times and then I was confused a couple times, but I'm like, I don't know. I went into, I think I went into it wrong because I went into it expecting horror and I should have lowered my expectations and just been open to whatever it was giving me. Um, I want to say same with Midsommar, but I don't know if anyone said the Midsommar was scary. I just really don't like that movie. Um, I think it was gory for no reason. Um, like, just for the sake of gore or for shock value, I don't think that it added anything to the story. And I don't know if the story was that good. So, that's my honest opinion about Midsummer. Uh, I don't know if anyone cares or if anyone really liked that movie or not. But, uh, yeah. So, I guess that wraps up the tropes that I had because I don't have any other notes here. So, I'm going to transition into shows that I've been watching lately. 
or enjoying lately and I think that I already talked about half and half last week but half and half is what I've been watching uh still um I'm done with the season two so I still have two more seasons to go and I just like half and half I like the theme song I like never skipped the intro um I definitely said that the jokes held up and for the most part they do um there have definitely been like within the first season or maybe it was season one and then season two jokes about or situations where it becomes a joke that Mona isn't a lesbian but people think that she is and then like stuff ensues from it um I mean it's not like super bad or anything but that's just a thing that happens and then there's like a couple of like questionable things but for the most part it's still good it still holds up even jokes that are like older I don't think I don't think are super offensive but again I could have a a blind spot to certain uh communities that may be offended by certain things I don't know uh but I still like it I think it's fun and I I was listening to uh another podcast recently um Black Issue wait (laughs) there is a back issue (laughs) It might be back. <laughs> uh, and I was listening to it, and it's back issue. But they talk about black stuff, so that's why I was confused. Um, but Tracy Clayton was talking about how um, it's okay to enjoy, like, old old comedy and, like, acknowledge the points that were problematic and then, like, enjoy the, the stuff that wasn't. And, um, it's good to see where we came to see how, to see that we have grown, um, and matured and like learned in these years since those programs and stuff. So it's like, okay, to still regard them and for the, for you to see where you were and see where you've come as a people, right? Because it's so easy to think that we've grown, not at all, especially in the year 2020. It's so easy to think that nothing has changed and that we've not evolved in any way. But when you look at comedy, you can clearly see that there is an evolution in things that were um, just accepted back then. And with, even though back then, the early 2000s isn't isn't that long ago, but it also is in the same vein where you can see that certain things that you would have said in 02, you will not say in 2020 because you've learned, you realize that there are issues with the way that we were thinking as a collective and just, it's interesting, but half and half is good and I love it. Um, what else have I been watching? Um, I don't know. Like I said, I started Hellstrom because uh, I think I thought it was going to be scary. I was wrong, but it's decent. It's, I don't know if it's necessarily complex. I think I wasn't paying enough attention at some points, but it's, it's good. I don't think it's bad. Um, what else have I been watching? Uh, I don't know. I definitely had a thought when the thought went away. Uh, Blackish came back. I watched it happen oh utopia and show that i mentioned with kid violence um so utopia is a show on amazon prime and um so i didn't know that there was another or an original one that was from the uk and i know that i know nothing about it and i still haven't watched it or learned or figured it out but utopia is um might not be for everyone especially because it's dealing with like viruses in in our current 2020 state maybe we don't want to watch things about viruses that just feels too close to home maybe but I thought Utopia was kind of a wild ride of a show um like I said I didn't know anything about the original and so I didn't know where any of the the storylines were gonna go or how they were gonna like shake out which I appreciated not knowing um and then so therefore I thought it was like decent 
I saw that there was some some people that were like, oh, the UK one is better, and maybe it is. Maybe I should look into it. But I thought it was fine. There were definitely some choices that I was like, well, okay. But then I forgot about them <laughs> by the time I finished because they were early on. Um, and there were some twists, there were some turns, you figure stuff out along the way. Uh, it's like this comic book, or if you closely read or like look into the clues in this comic book it predicts I don't know if predict is the proper term but it has these clues or these breadcrumbs that are talking about these epidemics to pandemics that occur in the real in 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 real life but they are first um written about in this comic but you have to really like find the clues and you're like oh that's the shape of the virus Oh, eight, that's the countries. These eight leaves mean the eight countries or, I don't know, eight people. I don't remember. Um, And so it's, like, these people that are, like, closely reading this comic book and, like, finding these clues and, like, knowing that that something big is coming and they're trying to get their hands on the sequel to Dystopia. Dystopia was, like, original comic. Utopia is the sequel to it. And they're trying to get their hands on it. So that they can analyze it and see what's like going on and I don't know I guess prep for the future but then there's twists there's turns there's people out for the comic people out for the people like I don't know I thought it was pretty good honestly I enjoyed it it's only eight episodes it's on Amazon Prime and I thought it was pretty good well they're familiar yeah they were familiar faces I remember now Ashtray if you've seen Euphoria the little drug dealing kid he's in there um if you've seen you're the worst the guy <laughs> not the guy but the guy who lived with him. Okay, so not Jimmy, but the one who lived with him. Edgar? Oscar? Edgar? Oscar? Edgar. I'm feeling Edgar. Like, that just feels right right now. He's in there. Um, Dwight Schrute. Uh, what's his real name? No, I don't have it. <laughs> what? No. It... Like, I feel like if I wasn't putting this pressure on myself right now, I could tell you his real name, but I don't have it for you right now. But, like, Dwight Schrute, he's in there. Um, other people, John Cusack's in it. He looks very much like Michael Myers throughout it, but he's in there. So, I don't know, maybe give it a shot. And then if you need some wider fare, of course, Half and Half is available to watch on Netflix. And also Shit's Creek, which I have brought up multiple times. But, you know, it's still good. It's a comfort show, and why not? Uh, so, if you want to... I don't know, more content, uh, follow, do, do something, right? I have a website, spillintv.com, S-P-I-L-L-I-N-T-V.com. I write blog posts sometimes. I have ideas, I just haven't written them, so maybe, maybe there are some good things coming. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the same name, spillintv, S-P-I-L-L-I-N-T-V, same place on Twitter. Personally, when I <laughs> talk about TV, like, everywhere, but personally, you can also find me at Tylerpedia, T-Y-L-E-R-R-P-E-D-I-A-A, um, if that's what you're into. Other than that, um, it's still se- the season to vote, so do it. Uh, um, at this point, you probably shouldn't mail your ballot in. If you have it, you should just drop it off at your polling place or just go do early voting or vote on election day, which is November 3rd. Um, make a plan make your voice be heard, and do that. So, I don't know, make some choices, watch some good TV, and wear a mask, because again, it is still a pandemic. Yep.